I think it's time we get right into it. So let's uh, talk about week two, and let's start with our favorite segment, and that is overreactions, takeaways from the weekend of football. Sean, what do you have? I want to give a quick shout-out to New York sports in general. For the first time since 2009, it's been 13 long years, the Jets, the Giants, the Yankees, and the Mets all won a game on the same day. Wow. It's amazing. We love it. It's good to be back. Um, quick other thing before I give my overreaction is last week, I guess my overreaction hit because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback next week. <laughs> Didn't like to see how it happened, but I think it'll be better for the Niners. Anyway, my overreaction this week is the Bengals will not make the playoffs. I know we all talked about this briefly last year before the summer and the break because of how low to the AFC is, but just watch them play his last two games. It's just so frustrating because they have all this talent in the world. The wide receiver core is one of the best in the league. They have Joe Mixon, a great running back. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. The defense didn't play that bad. He just has no time to throw the ball. The offense line is absolutely abysmal. He's got no time. He's just running around there, running with his head off. But it's also partially on him, in my opinion, because he's just taking too long with the ball. You have these great wide receivers. You have, like, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Let them do something with it. Don't just try to make the big play every time. It's just It was terrible to watch. How the hell do you lose to the uh, Cowboys? I'm just pissed off today. Rank, I don't think that's an overreaction at all. Uh, they looked terrible yeah. against a decimated Cowboys team. Looked absolutely atrocious. Cooper I don't know Rush what, looked amazing. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, they made Cooper Rush look like he was prime Brady or something like that. It was terrible. That O line did absolutely nothing for Joe Burt. And the play calling was a little was terrible too. They they go for the home run every play. I mean, you have weapons. We have Joe Mixon, top ten back. You got a great receiving core. And they had a bunch of drives where they drove down to like the thirty or forty and the drives just stall out, which makes mm-hmm. no sense to me. Like just hand the ball off to Mixon, get him some yards. Just in my mind in football these days, just be proactive. All you need to get is three yards, three and a half yards per play, mm-hmm. and you get a first down every time. So just don't try to go for the big plays. Just take what's available. Let them take what the defense is giving you and just march down the field. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I guess going into my overreaction from uh, this weekend, and even though they won, I think the Pats will finish last in their division. Saw what saw what the Jets did. I will get into that a little <laughs> later. A little miraculous miracle there. But the Pats playing a weak Steelers team, who they sh- St- let's let's be real. The Steelers' offense might be the worst offense in the league. Mitch Trubisky. Oh my gosh, he looked like a JV quarterback. <laughs> Poor Najee has no line, nowhere to run yesterday. They looked terrible, and the Pats barely beat them. Um, I, that's all I got to say. I don't think the Pats are a good team. I think Mac Jones, slander, um, will be occurring this season, and it, it will be brought to light how how much of a, uh, I guess, a, a letdown he is as a quarterback. The Patriots played well, I guess, against a... Not great Steelers defense. I was kind of shocked. They played that well. But when I looked into before the game, the line was Patriots minus two and a half, which was kind of shocking to me because I didn't think the Patriots would be favored no matter how bad they're how bad the Steelers are. But I guess it I guess less on like the Patriots are an average team and not great. But the rest of the division, as Liam was pointing out, the Dolphins played really well, and the Jets showed a lot of heart coming back from that win. Like I don't think they're playing the Bengals next week should be interesting game. But you know what happened last year against the yeah they did White Mm -hmm. yeah. And Joe Flacco played well, so I think it's possible. I think the Patriots could finish last. You know, here's a stat for you. Joe Flacco, 
18 and 3 in his career versus the Browns. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? He owns the Browns just like Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll I'll echo the points made about the Patriots. Uh, just watching some of the game live. <sighs> yeah, I mean it wasn't inspiring football like I think Nelson Aguilar's touchdown catch was was really cool, actually. Um, Aggie, but other than that, I mean, you, you know, they're 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 scoring off like muffed punts. Um, you know, it's not Special like teams. it doesn't seem like it's very sustainable football for winning, um, and it doesn't seem like it's going to get you very far. So, I mean, I'm trying to think about if if I would put them at three or four. Because I definitely put the Bills ahead of them and, and probably the, the Dolphins ahead of them. Um, you know, and and like, Sean, you mentioned Hart for the Jets. Um, I mean, that is an underrated aspect. That's not going to show up on the on the um, stat sheet. Like, who wants it more? You know what I mean? Like, And I feel like Bill Belichick has kind of lost the ability to, like, inspire his players. Like, it doesn't seem like – I don't know. It, it, it's just it, – it seems like there's a bit of a culture shift that's been going on. Um, and you know the Jets. I I've always been kind of a, a fan of Robert Sala. Um, even though he was on the Niners, he was just a really good defensive coordinator, and you can see that his players really uh, respected him, and he was able to energize them and get them motivated. And you know, you can't expect him to come in year one and just like absolutely have some sort of complete 180 turnaround because it is the Jets franchise at the end of the day. But um, you know, inspiring. You know. It's definitely progress, and it's a step in the right direction. And maybe you know, throughout the course of the season, you see that that's starting to um, get the Jets to surpass the Patriots. I'm not super um, on the Mac Jones slander bandwagon. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he might have been a replacement, but was he not a Pro Bowler last year? He was a oh Pro Bowler, almost one. Yeah, was a replacement. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, almost one offensive rookie of the year. You know, I, I've always been – I feel like you got to be patient with young quarterbacks. Um, I mean, it's it's week two of year two. I'd say give them some time, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw the Jets getting third in this division. I got a quick point about the Patriots' offense. Any guess who the offensive coordinator for the Patriots is? They don't have one. They don't have one. They're, the person calling plays is Matt Patricia, Ooh. who – Used to be the Patriots defensive coordinator before he went over to coach the Lions and did not do much offense there, and then is now back and is now the calling plays. Like he's he's an defensive coordinator who's calling plays for them, and their assistant offensive coordinator, I guess, is Joe Judge, who used oh. to be a special teams coordinator for the Patriots before he coached the Giants and came back here. Like Bill Belichick is just throwing these guys who are not offensive coordinators and just trying to replace Mike, like Josh. McDaniels, like on the broadcast yesterday, they were talking about the Patriots offensive, and they said every time Max Jones goes to the sideline, it used to be he'd go to Josh McDaniels, and Josh McDaniels would help him and explain what was wrong, what he's seeing, what can he fix. He said now when Mac Jones goes to the sideline, he's got to talk to Bill Belichick, he's got to talk to Matt Patricia, he's got to talk to Joe Judge and Brian Hoyer. Like, how is that a sustainable offense and like offensive mindset for a young quarterback when he has to ask four different guys to like give their opinions on his play? Like, it just it doesn't seem like a sustainability like good progressing for a young quarterback in that I, situation. I totally agree with you, Sean. And um, Jacoby Myers came out and said it. He said he questions what the plan is sometimes. Yeah. And he doesn't understand how they're going to attack. The offensive game plan in New England is going to be an issue this season. And, man, if, if the Jets get hot, 
they could be finishing in the uh, in the cellar. The Pats could be in the cellar this season. All righty, let's go on to the last uh, takeaway such overreaction, and that's going to be mine. And this this might be a huge overreaction out of all the ones that we have. Um, Russell Wilson is not elite anymore. Is that and there's there's you know I'm just going to preface it. There's there's a ton of bias that's going into that. Um, I don't want to see Russell Wilson do well, <laughs> but you know, 14 of 31, which is not a high completion percentage, 219 yards. It's not really a lot of yards for 30 attempts, a touchdown and a pick, and very, very sloppy, very slow start. Got booed by the mm-hmm. Denver crowd. Mm-hmm. Not good. Last-minute touchdown. I mean, it was against the Texans. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't be winning by a touchdown versus the Texans. At home. At home. And you've paid, I don't remember the amount, but it's over $200 million for this quarterback. Um, you know, let Russ cook. Is that can we can we apologize to Pete Carroll a little bit because everyone said let him cook and um, you know he he did not cook <laughs> and two carries for Russell Wilson for three yards. Oh. Where is his running ability? What happened to it? Um, yeah. No, I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this because I just feel like I'm being incredibly biased, but I think there's some truth to it. I don't think – I mean, they're playing the Texans. How do you not blow the doors off of them? When you have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, a good offensive line, and your completion percentage is boo-boo. You throw a, Under a, 50%. You throw a bad pick, a bad pick. He threw into, like, it was it was quadruple coverage basically, <laughs> and you know, this is a team that Houston kicked th- three field goals. If they scored, put two of those in a touchdown, they lose this game. Yeah, uh, I I don't think it's too much of an overreaction. True, it Russell Wilson has not looked good at all this season. He's yeah. looked pretty terrible. And there's been two games, Russell Wilson games, since we've last been on the air. So, and both of them just looked terrible. He went to Seattle and did not do much. Like. Go and, Hawks. And that play calling at the end. Like, I, don't, I also don't trust the Denver Broncos play calling. Like, going back to the Monday night game, like, oh. why are they kicking a field goal? Like, do you not oh. trust this quarterback you've paid so much money? And, like, if I'm Russ Wilson, I guess at first you're like, they don't trust me. But then you take a plays a game like this, and you're like, well, obviously I don't trust you because you're playing, like, he's a bottom 15 quarterback in the league with these stats. Mm-hmm. Easily. Easily bottom 15. Like, he's playing like a bottom 15 quarterback in this league, and it's not what I expected him coming in here. He was annoyed that he got traded. He comes in with a bunch of offense, a bunch of weapons that they've had hasn't had in a while, and this is what he's doing. It's terrible. I, I, I apologize if this has been redundant. I don't know if I've – I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but it's I think it's becoming a bit obvious now, um, that more, especially because more people are tuned in to see how Russell Wilson's going to do on this new team, that, yes, Russell Wilson is – Largely famous for his ability to move around the pocket. You know, he's a short guy, 5'10", is moving around the pocket. You know, extend the play until one of his receivers gets open and then launches an absolute dime to them. But the thing is, that play happens, you know, maybe once, maybe twice a game, if at all during a game. And if you watch Russell Wilson, especially on the Seahawks, towards the end of his time there, there are so many drives where it'll be second or third down, and he does not understand that that play will not always happen. He is always looking to make that play 
and he holds the ball way too long. And he ends. Yes, he got sacked a lot when he was in Seattle. Like, and a lot of it was not his fault, but a you know a good amount was because he would just take terrible sacks when it. Sometimes you just need to throw the ball away, and if it's second down, second and ten, avoid a third and nineteen, and throw the ball away to live another down instead of thinking, okay, Tyler Lockett or DK, they'll get open if I keep running around, you know, with my. Two and a half offensive linemen. <laughs> if I keep running around, you know they'll get open and I can make the play. No, you need to just accept that that play is not always available. And I think he's doing it again in Denver. I personally didn't see the pick, but I'm assuming it was something similar where he wasn't. He was trying to make something out of nothing. Yeah, he just forced the ball into into coverage. There's five Texans defenders around one receiver. Just yeah, he he just he wants to be the hero, you know. And I and I, I feel like psychologically. You know, there's a lot of expectations now that you mentioned. He's got a lot of weapons. He's got a solid defense. There's a lot of expectations here, and I feel like he's it, it, it might be affecting him psychologically. I think we saw that in Seattle a little bit. Well, Seattle wasn't necessarily – well, sorry, I, I'm referring to playing against Seattle last on Monday. That might have been the play calling. You, you pay $200 million to, for a quarterback, and then you kick a field goal, and, which would have been his career-long field goal. I don't know. I mean, I want to give him a pass on that, but at the same time, you shouldn't even with the, with the Broncos' talent, they should not even be losing against the Seahawks at any point in that game. Geno Smith lighting up that defense? Are 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 you serious? Yeah. They didn't even did they score in the second half? The Seahawks? No, they no, didn't even no. score in the second half. Yeah, let Russ cook. Oh my. Oh my! True, it's I not cooking anything good. That's for sure. I haven't watched a lot of Seahawks games, Russ Wilson, but is he a good primetime quarterback in general? Like, does he yes. show up from primetime? Yeah, he does. Well, and I guess we're gonna have an interesting thing because the next four weeks he has three primetime games. Wow, which is crazy. That the Broncos have four primetime games in the first six weeks. Like, he's got Sunday night football next week. He's got a Thursday night and a Monday night, and it's just it's going to be big testaments to see how they can do this. And I think Russ Wilson needs to settle down. Daniel Hackett needs to get him right. Like just as true was saying, just short passes, get the ball in your receiver's hands. Football is not that complicated. And some people try to be the Patrick Holmes and not everybody's Patrick Mahomes. Like you don't have to do these crazy things. You can just get the ball out, get three or four yards. It's just, it's a simple game when you break it down to it. And some people try to do too much. I mean, I think the Broncos are, unless they go on a nice winning streak in this weak part of the schedule, their last six games of the season, man, they play the Chiefs twice, the Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Ravens. Yeah, it's Those crazy. last six games are, are tough. So they got to pick up some wins now. they got to look better than this. If they had lost versus the Texans, you're 0-2 and you haven't even played a divisional game yet, mm-hmm. that would have been a big red flag. Or a mm-hmm. team that people predicted to be above 500. Yeah. Two sub like two teams you predict to be top ten picks yeah. next year, and you've lost yeah. to both. Yeah. Should have blown the doors off both teams. Yeah, it's interesting. How they play the Niners next week. Should be interesting. I I would as of right now, I'd pick the Niners to win the game. That's an interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, it's, with how Russ is playing. Yeah, I mean, I I could I could talk about that for a while, <laughs> but um, let's recap Thursday night football: Chiefs Chargers. What, what do we think about that? Uh, I saw this on Twitter. And I could not agree more. I'm tired of QBs getting praised for almost beating Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> We've seen this story last last season. We saw it all the time. Justin Herbert, man, like, come on. You, you looked electric out there. You looked really good. But y- y- no more praise for losing games. I, I, I'm, I'm sick of it. He had four broken ribs, Liam. 
he played this game with four broken ribs and almost beat I Patrick mean, Mahomes. That last that last drive where he he scored and they didn't get the out that was pretty cool. Herbert However, showed a lot of like it, it was heart, but I mean, guts. come on, we've seen the story many times. Yeah, Josh Allen, he's a great quarterback, but you got to win the game. Comes down to the win. Can't can't be throwing picks on the one yard line. They were Pick sixes on the one yard line. They were yeah. up. The Chargers were up too. Mm-hmm. They could have put the Chiefs away, and they didn't. They didn't. I think Patrick Mahomes is really just showing each and every week that no matter how much criticism he gets, no matter what he does, he is still far and away, in my opinion, the best quarterback in this league. He's that dude, yeah. And no matter what, he will best. find a way to win a game. Mm-hmm. And he puts the team on his back, and he does it every week. So we uh, we slandered the Chiefs a lot for their terrible beginning to the season last season. This season, what are we thinking? Bills, Chiefs, got to be the favorite for AFC Championship, right? Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. I think, who did I pick last week to go it? Was it Chargers, I think, maybe? Yeah. I think I had the Chargers going. Which, Chargers can still do it. They played yeah. a nice game. But I think right now, if you're the betting odds, it's definitely Bills, Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be Bills, Chiefs for the next four or five years, probably, if you look at it the yeah. way that the AFC is good pieces around them. Good, cor- good coaches, good organizations. Yeah. Mahomes just makes every player on that offense look so good, too. Yeah. Crazy. I'm missing a beat without Tyreek Hill. No. Not at all. And, I mean, how how exciting is this division? I mean, that was a good game. Yeah. It's going to be uh, – I think every game between people in that – or, sorry, teams in that division is going to be a good game, going to be a close game. I don't see really any blowouts. Uh, maybe, I mean, they might beat up on the Broncos every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of with you on the Justin Herbert stuff. I mean, this is like everyone just keeps saying he's going to break out and like, oh, he almost beat Patrick Mahomes. I mean, but he didn't. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Um, I he mean, he overall season. had a pretty good game, but yeah, I don't really like take too much away from the Chargers for almost being the Chiefs. Like, I'm not praising them, but I'm not like completely slandering them because like they didn't get blown out by the Chiefs. You know what I mean? They kept it close. Justin Herbert had 334 yards passing and three touchdowns at a pick. So, like, he had a good game. Again, they still put could have put the game away. They could have. They and they just can't do it. It's, yeah. it's the clutch time moments when some quarterbacks have and some don't. And Justin Herbert hasn't shown us that he has it yet. Uh, I just don't And I hope he does too. at some point. You have Austin Eckler. You're on the one-yard line. Down. Run the ball. Yeah. Run the ball. You run it in, that the game's over. Seen that story too many times. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. All right, let's do Bucks Saints. Ah, uh, this was a, first half was ugly, but I, I know Saints offense looked terrible yesterday. Jameis playing with he he was playing hurt. Shouldn't have been out there in my opinion. Saints defense came to play. They had Leonard Fournette in jail. Tom Brady again <laughs> throwing crap on the sideline made him look like a toddler. And what it came down to was the uh, the NFL saying, yeah, listen, we, we got to get our guy a win any way we can. Throw out Marshawn Lattimore because he was just absolute. Marshawn Lattimore, top five corner of the league. Mike Evans in complete jail yesterday. He's putting on a clinic, a clinic. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, the offense is going to be the issue. We knew that coming into the season. Um, Michael Thomas caught another touchdown yesterday, but... Without Alvin, this uh, this team's gonna have some issues scoring the ball. Um, yeah, they they uh, it didn't look great. Taysom Hill had a couple of nice runs. I saw that 
did decently, but the offense in general just didn't allow. Like, James Winston, like, shouted him, playing through a lot of injuries. Yeah. He has showed a lot of heart out there. He shouldn't have been out there. He shouldn't have been out there. Who's the back of quarterback? Is there anybody other than Taysom? Uh, I, I remember someone coming in last year. It was the Notre Dame kid. Yeah, last I don't think he's there he was, anymore. He was bad. Yeah, they, they didn't really have much other options, so they just tried to run with it, and he did decently, but not enough to get them yeah. in this game. Um, flip side, the Buccaneers. I have I am very concerned about the Buccaneers' offense. It is two weeks now that they have not scored a touchdown in the first half, and they played the Cowboys and now the Saints. And both are good defenses, don't get me wrong, but Tom Brady has not looked like himself. They've not been finishing drives. They haven't been clicking on offense. Like He's got these wide receivers and weapons. Like, I know Julio Jones is out, but like you got Godwin. You got Russell Gage. You got Perryman. You got Fournette. Like, Mike these, Evans. Yeah, yeah, Mike Evans. Scotty Miller still there? Yeah, Scotty yeah. Miller. He played pretty well, Wheels, too. baby. There's so, all these guys here, and they just can't start clicking. And you have to wonder, like, Tom Brady was missed a two weeks in the offseason around training camp time for who knows what reason. Probably marital issues, but like <laughs> Is that, is that impacting his play right now? Like, are they not clicking right now because they didn't have this time in the offseason? It's going to be interesting. Can they get right? They're 2-0, which you can't. It's like, congrats, yeah. 2-0. But they haven't looked good. They play the yeah. big game next week against the Packers. That's going to be a Packers and the Chiefs. Next two weeks, you're going to really tell him how the Buccaneers are going to do this year. They're 2-0, but you're right. They're not celebrating 2-0 because this is not this roster is not a regular season roster. It's supposed to go far, go deep into the uh, playoffs. And I think they all know as a team that, yes, we're 2-0, but the way we're playing football is not sustainable to go far in the postseason. Um, I really did enjoy seeing those Tom Brady meltdown videos. Those were those, those warmed my heart a little bit. Tom Brady and Mike Evans, they both melted down yeah. yep. back-to-back years. <laughs> I, I do need to say one thing, and this goes against everything regarding Tom Brady because I, I just don't like the dude, but I will defend him. The one team that he has never been able to play well against in his career is the Saints. Yeah. They showed the graphic uh, yesterday before the game. It was um, the past however many seasons he's played five games against the Saints, 11 turnovers. He's had 11 turnovers combined against every other team in those past two seasons. They have his number. And the way to beat Tom Brady has always been get to the quarterback and hit him down. And the they Saints can do that. put pressure on him, stop the run game. Their the Saints defense looked great yesterday. It's just... You know, without an offense, you're not going to beat Tom Brady. And uh, the Bucks, you know, they turned it up in the second half. But, but it's definitely I, encouraging because you I, get, get like, some guys healthy and yeah. on the offensive side, get Jameis healthy, you can do – you have the pieces around to do yeah. things. I think this is just a flash in the pan for the Bucks, though. I, I, they're the best team in that division, I'll, I'll say it, um, as much as it pains me. But I think they'll turn it around. They just have too much talent not to. Yeah, and to be fair, the division, the conference in general is very weak this year. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's taken a foothold in this division. Like the Rams haven't looked good in general. Like nobody's. I don't think any team in the NFC that I can think of has gone out here in two games. Other than Vikings will play tonight. We'll see what happens with them. But have gone out there and looked like amazing world beaters out there. I don't know, Sean. What about that uh, that team in New York? The, the Giants, like <laughs> two and zero. Big but, blue baby. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't trust them in general. But. So what is what is Jameis is is he gonna keep playing? I don't know. I mean, it just the offense couldn't do anything yesterday, and missing Alvin Kamara, it's just I knew I you know going into that game you know it wasn't gonna be good because all you have to do is stop stop the pass game when you have Michael Thomas coming off that injury he hasn't played in two years slow Chris Olave rookie. Jameis, he just couldn't move yesterday. There were there were a lot of times where he could have scrambled for first downs, and he just didn't. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, they, they got to figure it out. Jameis just did not look comfortable playing football yesterday. Yeah. Oh, no, you go. Good, good trip. I was just going to say it's going to be interesting to see how that division uh, unfolds between, I guess, a two-team two race out here. I'm looking at the standings right now, and I'm getting incorrectly hyped because the only 2-0 teams in the NFC are the Giants and the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. But it's just it just proves, I don't know, in my mind, that the NFC is just a completely weaker conference. There's just so much parity here. Like The NFC West, every team is 1-1. The NFC North... Other than the Vikings, every team is one one. Like, there's a lot of even the NFC East. Every team is one one. Like, except for the Giants. But Sean, there's a lot of parity. Here. Quick, quick side tangent: If yeah. you want a uh, good laugh, go look at the uh, AFC South. Two and zero, zero and one, one and one, and zero and two and zero two. The Jags are winning that division. Oh, the right AFC now? South. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> well, they finally oh. got a win. Congrats to the AFC South for yeah, getting their first yeah. win of the year. <laughs> they have collective one win. Four teams. Jeez. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting season. I'm ex- really excited for the NFL season year because I feel like there's a lot of parity and a lot of guys who could break through. Like, obviously predicting the uh, Chiefs and Bills to win the AFC, AFC, but, like, there's other teams around. That is true. That is true. All right, let's uh, let's give Sean the floor. Giants-Panthers. Yeah, Giants-Panthers. Um, started off – out of the gates, rocking with a uh, fumble on the opening kickoff by the Panthers. Giants recovered. Can only kick two field goals after two good defensive stops to start the game. Don't love that. Um, Saquon was bottled up for most of the game. Couldn't get much rushing yards. Started pouring out in the second half. I like the commitment to the run game. They didn't, like, go away from in the past. A lot of teams in general, like, the running back, running game's not going. You're like, oh, right, we got to throw some more. They kept it going. Kept giving it to him. He broke a couple loose on the last couple drives. Daniel Jones did not play great. A uh, couple mistakes, holding on to the ball for a little too long. I think it's a, been a pattern we've been talking about in the NFL right now. But the drives he did well, he was getting the ball out of his hands, getting out quickly, getting three or four yards, doing what he can do. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the game, but there was an absolutely terrible offensive pass interference call. The Giants, uh, Dan Jones was scrambling, stepped up in the pocket, and one of our receivers running across the middle of the field, looking back at Daniel Jones, and ran into the cornerback. And they call it an offensive pass interference for a pick on it, which makes no sense to me because he's not even looking at the cornerback like going to make a pick. He's looking back at the quarterback. That could have been a 38-yard pass play that could have won this game even bigger. But kicker played well, Graham Gano, one of the best kickers in the league. Special teams. Yeah. Um, overall, great win. Playing the Cowboys next week on Monday Night Football. If Exciting. you guys win that. Open up 3-0. Like, uh Serious. Then, then you got. Then you got to think about it a little bit. But until then, we'll see. This is the the best start for the Giants since that uh, <laughs> boat photo. Right? Yeah. So uh, and other than that boat year, I think it's the only time we've started two and zero since like a Super Bowl year, probably, which was twenty eleven. So wow, that exciting is, time in New York. It's That's been awesome. a long time. Um, I'm very excited. Keeping the like we didn't look great, so we're keeping the optimism at bay. Like I don't think they're a playoff team. Maybe they can challenge for the division, but like. I don't know. I'm excited to see where it's going. We're just all happiness over here. Wow. No overreactions from Rank today. No. We're, we're, I told myself I was going to stay calm this year, and we're going to stay calm no matter what happens. It's a weird times we're in right now. <laughs> weird times. All right. Well, probably the most exciting game of the week, and in my opinion, Jets-Browns. Liam, what do, you, what do you have to say about that? Miraculous win by the Jets. They were down two scores with two minutes left. 
Joe Flacco came down, scored a touchdown, onside kick, scored a touchdown. The kicker for the Browns in this is that they missed a PAT. Also, I, I saw this on Twitter. Nick Chubb was getting a little flack for not going down when he had a wide-open touchdown to put the Browns up two scores. I don't really see any issue with that. Yeah, I agree Two minutes you. left. Take the points. you got to figure, you know, my defense might be able to make one play. Or your special teams or give her one onside kick. Can recover an onside kick. So I don't really think that's on him. But once again, another Browns type of loss for the Browns. And the Jets showed some heart. They really did. Yeah, I don't I don't see why anybody's attacking Nick Chubb for what he did. Like, get in the end zone, score the points. Three touchdowns yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I I see as playing smart football. Like you, you have to assume a minute thirty left in the game, you're up by two touchdowns. Like you gotta hope your defense, especially, can do something. Like part of the Browns' offense is not touch the field again for the rest of the game until twenty two seconds left, down by one. Like the defense, special teams, let them down. It's frustrating because the Browns played well. Like I, if you ignoring the last minute thirty seven, you could say the Browns had a great game and going up two no, two and zero. Would they be two and zero? Or one else, they would be two and zero. Yeah, they would have been two and zero. So it would be a way different story we go in with that this division. Week. Yeah, <laughs> so disappointing. But great job by the Jets coming back. A lot of heart. Joe Flacco had a couple of great throws, and Joe Flacco against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing to add to that. It's uh, I think ESPN said they had, there was a ninety nine percent chance the Browns won. We're gonna win towards the end of that game, and mm-hmm. they did not win. So uh, yep, ninety nine point. Nine ninety nine point eight two back to back plays. Wow. <laughs> J E T S Jets 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 baby. I'm intrigued when Zach Wilson comes back. What can this Jets team do when they actually have a mobile quarterback? Because Joe Flacco's not the. Future. I'll tell you what they'll do. You do. Keep Flacco in when when Wilson's. No, Joe Flacco's his first one. He's started for like yeah. eight games with the Jets. Yeah. Like, no. It's like Mike White won one game last year where he looked like God against the Bengals. Yeah. You know what happened after that? The Jets versus Cincinnati teams with backup quarterbacks <laughs> is the recipe for success. I've always been out there. Next week, uh, Jets, Bengals, lock it in. The <laughs> Jets are winning it. <laughs> All right, we have a quick uh, advertisement before we get to the rest of the games from past this past Sunday. Got the Sunday scaries? Relax with Sonic Bliss every Sunday at 10 p.m. Sonic Bliss is designed to help you unwind with these. With three hours of trip-hop, dream-pop, acoustic, ambient, and world grooves. No, it's not a love song show, but if you want to make out to it, that's totally fine with us. Chill out with Sonic Bliss Sundays at 10 p.m. on WXVU 89.1 FM, The Roar. All right, Bengals Cowboys. Let's just, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but is there anything else that we need to add? Cooper Rush specifically. Shout out to Cooper Rush. I don't think anyone would have picked the Cowboys to win this game, and they did. So... I mean, I think we kind of hit the nail on the head. The Bengals Super Bowl hangover is in full effect right now. Yeah, I, I mean, we saw last time Dak was injured for, I think it was the whole season. Um, and this team fell apart, mm-hmm. and to be able to get wins like this, uh, I was writing off their season afterward after the Dak injury. But now I'm just, <sighs> what do you, what do you think about the Cowboys? You think that this, this is still a salvageable season? I think it is. In that division, anything's possible. Yeah. Apparently, I saw a stat this morning that the last quarterback to start a, to start and win his first two games as an undrafted rookie was actually Tony Romo. So, a little cowboy heritage there. But they played with well, The defense is crazy. Michael Parsons 
might be one of the best defenders in the league. He is absolutely insane. He was getting on Joe Burr every play, causing pressure, causing everything. Like he was disruptive in the backfield. And if that defense could play like that and Cooper Rush can just manage this game, if Dak Prescott's out four or five weeks, they could be looking at two and three, something like that. And you think you have a chance at that point. You play the Giants next week, you know. Never know what can happen in an NFC East matchup. <laughs> of course not. That'll be a good game, though. Great game. I, I've personally always been a fan of uh, Micah Parsons. Wow. I think he's just a phenomenal player. I, I, I think it was the same draft class as Trayvon Diggs, and I don't know why Trayvon Diggs got so much of the hype out of the two of them for being so much worse of a player. But I think it's like people around the league understand that Micah Parsons is really good. Um, and just his ability to get to the quarterback from his position. I did find this, and you guys are going to crucify me because it is a misleading stat, but um, I saw this on Twitter uh, earlier this morning. The Eagles took Devontae Smith over Micah Parsons in 2021, and uh, Parsons currently has four more sacks than Smith has receiving yards this season. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, asterisk on that, the Eagles haven't played yet this week. But so Devontae Smith has zero catches for yeah. zero yards, yeah. and Micah Parsons has four sacks through two games. He had two sacks yesterday, five QB hits. <laughs> That's, like, unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, he's a good player, yeah. very good player. I think the defense could definitely help keep him afloat um, because this offense, ooh, without Amari Cooper, without Dak. And I'm so, like, I'm so bearish on, on Zeke. I don't even, like... I don't get excited about Zeke anymore. I really don't. Him as like a, a a threatening, like intimidating running back. It's just I haven't seen it translate to any type of success or any type of like monster seasons. And if it is, it's very quiet. I I don't know. I don't know if you guys have opinions on Zeke. Only when his O line was the best in the league was when he was when he was good. Um, he's just not the guy he used to be. And uh, the Cowboys offense is gonna they're gonna struggle, but. You know, who knows what could happen? Maybe some Cooper Rush magic starts up. You know, C.D. Lamb carries them. <laughs> Looking at the roster, though, it's going to be tough for him. Yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs> I mean, not, I agree. Not the player he used to be, and it's sad because he's only like 26, 27 years old. Like, he's not even that really old at all. And um, I agree. I mean, at the, when, when he and Dak came into the league together, that um, Cowboys O-line had like four – three, four, like, all pro players, and now, you know, you don't have that anymore, and it's just, uh, it's a little saddening, but, um, you know, it just also kind of shows that the shelf life and f- for uh, running backs in the NFL is, is so short. Their career is, like, you, you'll get, like, two, three good years, and, and, you know, you're lucky to have that at most. So, yeah, that's all I got for there. Um, Cardinals Raiders, what an ending to the game. Kyler Murray is playing out of his mind. And yesterday, he had two, I think it was both two two point conversions that he basically carried this team. The first one, he ran around that entire field like he was just directing traffic, trying to get anything, he just walks to the end zone. He must be, to play against Kyler Murray, even where Lamar Jackson must be one of the most painful things possible because he's just such a gnat. Like he just runs around and like shimmies around, looking downfield, like. The second throw he made to extend it overtime, my God, how did he make that throw in like that tiny window? It was crazy to see. 20.8 seconds he was running around on yeah. a two-point conversion. And they were down 
twenty to nothing. The cards came back huge second half. We saw what happened in OT. Isaiah Simmons, oh, blew that man up. Pick up six to win the game. Wow, the Cardinals looked dead. I mean, the first six quarters of their season, they have looked terrible, and to to come up with a win like that, it was just incredible. Kyler, Kyler Murray is showing showing them why why he deserves that back. Yeah. Is he coming for the MVP this year? No. Oh. No. Well, no. You know who's winning that? Mr. Josh. No. Mr. Lamar? Yeah. Mr. Oh, uh, just broke the record. We'll get into that later. We'll talk yeah, about that. Yeah, actually, can, can, we, can we, uh, yeah, unless we can you guys have anything else you want to say about this game? Oh, it was just a great game. Yeah. Great game. R.I.P. Devontae Adams. I feel bad for him. Um, yeah, so what happened? What happened with the Ravens? Their defense fell apart. And when you have, you know, you're going against two, the, probably the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. I don't think it's questionable now seeing Waddle and Tyreek Hill play. They're making Tua, <laughs> no arm Tua, look like a demigod out there. No arm. And, man, I, you do have to give it up to Tua, though. Six touchdowns yesterday? What a game. They're down 35-14, to 14, scored four touchdowns in the last quarter. Dolphins are going to be dangerous this year. They really are. Yeah, the, the, uh, the play calling. I am a big Mike McDaniels guy. It is crazy what he's doing with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Water around the field. Like he's just manipulating them, moving around the field, getting them in open spaces, getting the ball in their hands, letting them do things, and it works so well. And Tua is not a great quarterback, but he could do it. He could do just enough to do these things. Well, when you have weapons like that, yeah. I mean, makes it a little easier. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm gonna echo everything you guys said. It's, it's uh, Tyreek Hill is everything he was advertised to be, um, and I think it's great for Tua great move by management to go out and get him because you know sometimes you can't rely on the QB to elevate himself he needs players around him to get him to you know to elevate him to that status that he can be um I feel bad for Lamar I really do he had he had had a great game um Liam how bad do you feel for Lamar you gotta get that man some help your defense (laughs) get him a bag first of all yeah first of all pay the man Broke the record, 11 straight games as a QB with 100-plus rushing yards. He turned on the Jets in- for that touchdown. Incredible. The also, 21-29 for 318 yards and three touchdowns. He looked really good, but, man, if your defense has given up four touchdowns in a quarter, you know, there, there's nothing you can do about that. That it was just an all-time collapse by the, uh, by the Ravens. Uh, you know, I thought right the there. excuse last year was that the entire team was injured, right? Like, the defense was just completely injured. I, I mean, what is the excuse this year? You, you have Marlon Humphrey still. Um, oh, do you, do you see what Marlon Humphrey tweeted? No. no. He said, oh, at least we're still tied for the division lead. Like, bro. My God. You guys just choked away a huge win. You, you got to delete Twitter after oh, that. <laughs> yeah, he was, get, he was getting toasted. <laughs> I mean, you have good personnel. I'm, I'm not – they're not really coming to mind right now. But um, you have good personnel on that team, and – I don't know. I mean, are you concerned at all for for the Ravens? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, on paper, they're not a good team. They have Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews on their offense. Justice Hill and Kenyon Drake are there. That's the running back. I started Kenyon Drake in fantasy and 
God, what a terrible decision that that's, was. That's their running back tandem right now. So it kind of makes sense why Lamar's, you know, he has to rush for 100 yards a game if they if they want to want to be in. But they have, they got from the Saints, Marcus Williams, who had, you know, 10 tackles yesterday, two pass deflections. Great Marcus Williams is a good player. He's, he's incredible. I'm really upset that the, the Saints let him go, but I mean... They got guys on defense that can play. Marlon Humphrey, Patrick Queen, Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. It's not like they yeah. have bums on on their team. They're just you can't give up four touchdowns in a quarter. Calais Campbell is still on this team. You're not gonna you're not gonna Justin win. Houston. You're not gonna win any games if you give up four touchdowns in a quarter. That's not that's not a winning recipe. And it was just an all time collapse from them. You know, gotta give credit where credit's due. Dolphins looked phenomenal when they came back, but uh, this, I think this was more of a collapse on the. I'm I'm gonna Ravens have to contradict defense. your statement a little bit by saying it's just Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews on this team because this defense does have personnel. Like Calais Campbell was an All Pro a couple years ago. Justin Houston was very good on the Chiefs. Marcus Peters is like had the reputation of being a good corner. Marlon Humphrey's a good corner. Marcus Williams we just talked about. Like you should have this personnel, and. Be blowing leads to to the Dolphins. You shouldn't be giving up four touchdowns in quarters on the defense. This one, I I mean Lamar did everything he could. Guy guy rushed for a hundred yards, threw for three hundred, four touchdowns in the yeah. day. Video game numbers. And my now, dad. if you're the coach and the management, and you're like, oh no, Lamar does not have his deal, and we are not doing we are not doing Lamar justice. And it's not even like we can point the finger and be like, well, Lamar's playing bad. And that's why we're bad. So like, well, he kind of is. I, when you look at this, what? If you oh, look no. at this, what? Look at down the stretch. The his drives in the second half, Dude. three it out, touchdown, three it out, three it out, field goal, three it out. Look at who is on his off. Look who's on offense for him. Kenyon Drake and, and Justice Hill are the running back tandem. They're trying to run the game away. They're up thirty-five to fourteen, and they're handing the ball off to Kenyon Drake. Run it yourself. He's six, a running back. He did. And what? Did, what did he do, Sean? Hundred plus yards and a touchdown. Not on the second half. Nine rushes. Not in the second half. I mean, when you're up thirty-five to fourteen, you can kind of expect. You know, my defense isn't going to give up four touchdowns. But in, in, a in my mind, though, is when you think about the Patriots. Patriots being the Falcons in the Super Bowl, and the Falcons collapse. We give Matt Ryan. <laughs> so much problems for how he did that, right? We criticize Matt Ryan. It's not just a foul because we criticize Matt Ryan. Why is LeBar Jackson getting a pass here? He did. L- look at what he did this game. So did Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl, and we criticize him so much, but for some reason, Lamar Jackson just gets a pass for blowing this huge lead. I, I don't think it is all on Matt Ryan. I mean, their defense gave up how yeah, many points in, in how many minutes? I know, but I feel Pretty. like Lamar Jackson's getting a free pass here for no reason. I mean,. He did all he could. His defense his defense lost the game. How can you tell me that Lamar lost them the game? Matt, Matt Ryan was the face of the franchise so was Lamar Jackson when that there. happened. And I think that's why Matt Ryan gets all the flack, and that's why he's associated with 28-3. Although I would argue more that when people talk about 28-3, they talk about the Falcons as a whole. That might just be yeah. the yeah. way I've perceived it. But I think this is – I don't know if you can compare these games. The time of possession over the – the Ravens in the second what half. What is also a Super Bowl? Me. A Super Bowl collapse. Yeah, is... obviously. But the, the time of possession for the Ravens in the second half just bothers me of how little they were on offense and how I think they should have Lamar Jackson should have done a better job. What? That that is that is a that is a disgusting <laughs> take. If, if you put up thirty eight points in a game, you should win ten times out of ten. If if you're up thirty five to fourteen, 
you should win 10 times out of 10. Your defense shouldn't give up 28 points in one quarter. That's ridiculous. That's How is that on Lamar Jackson? How is that on him? While we're on the subject, the Falcons, the Falcons almost did come back from 28 to 3 this weekend. They almost yeah, did. So, yeah, I'm sorry. It would have been really, against the Rams, too. Yeah, I just so felt nice. like maybe not even Lamar Jackson, but the, the offensive play calling, they felt a lot more conservative in the second half. And I feel like teams need to learn that that's not the way to play the game. Like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work out well in those ways. You can't you can't coast to wins anymore. No, you can't. You saw that. The, the Browns, teams are just Browns too game. good these days. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to attempt to keep Liam from physically strangling Sean during this commercial break, but we're going to go to a commercial break, um, and we'll be back in a little bit. Stay with us, WXVU 89.1 FM. You're listening to Funnel Locker Room. The 89.1 The Roar is proud to announce that we can now be heard on 89.1 all day, every day, for the first time in Villanova's history. Listen to our programming anywhere in the main line on 89.1, 24 hours a day, seven days a week with our now full-time FM signal. And stay tuned for details of how WXVU plans to celebrate this exciting milestone. This is your WXVU Villanova Campus Minute. We sat down with members of Villanova's campus activities team where they talked some of the events available to students during the fall semester. Yeah, so we have tons of different programming. We have different departments. Um, one is special events. They do game watches. They do um, pub series for seniors. They do just different programming on our campus screen, large scale events. Last year we brought in a rock climbing wall onto campus. Um, so we do lots of bigger things like that. We also have our late night programming department which do kind of consistent programming. So Quizzo is part of that department. Mm -hmm. We have um, movie nights. We have bingo nights, so tons of different events like that. Um, and then we also have our trips and excursions department. Um, so we do different trips, both to the Philly area and doing a um, trip down to the shore later this semester. We always do a New York City trip, which is one of our most popular events that we have. Very cool. Um, so we have lots in the works for that. Very excited about that. To hear our full conversations with Villanova community members, check out the interviews on WXVU's podcast feed, available on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, here's your three-day weather forecast for the main line. A mix of sun and clouds today. A scattered shower or thunderstorm is possible this afternoon, high of 86. We'll see scattered thunderstorms ending this evening with partly cloudy skies overnight, a low down to 64. Sunny skies Tuesday, high of 80. And a mix of sun and clouds Wednesday, a high of 83 degrees. All right, everybody, you'll see 89.1 FM, WXVU. Welcome back to Fun in the Locker Room. We have a couple more games to get through before Monday Night Football picks. Um, trust me, I'm antsy for these Monday Night Football picks. I've never been 1-0. Actually, I don't know if that's true, but I've never been ahead of Sean. I don't think I've been ahead of Sean. This might be the first time. <laughs> We're going to get to that because I got a fever right now. And the, only, the only medicine is some Monday Night Football picks. So we'll, uh, we'll do that in a minute. But we got to talk about Colts, Jags, and Niners, Seahawks. I had some overreactions. Um, Jonathan Taylor, who I proudly drafted first overall in our fantasy league. Very proud about that. Um, just absolutely took took a, a dump on uh, my fantasy team. And um, I do want to shout out, I forgot who was telling us this the other day, that they took uh, Colts minus three. <laughs> and oh my god. It was Devlin. It was Devlin, yeah. Colts minus three was his lock. Or Bogey. Bogey, Bogey gave, gave it lock. to Devlin, yeah. <laughs> God, a bad. What a pick. What a pick. <laughs> bad, bad. What, what do we make out of this? Uh, hey, shout out to the Jags and, and Trevor Lawrence. 
a good win for him, you know? Shut him out. I don't really know what to say, but the Jags are first in that division. Who who would have thought at any point in the season would the Jags be first in their division? After that video where people were making fun of Trevor Lawrence for not being able to motivate someone to get off the couch. Have you seen that video? <laughs> it's just Yeah, I mean this is this is astounding for sure. I'm just shocked. I I think that I think every year, I think this is a problem with like NFL fans in general cuz every year the Colts have now, past three years, bring in a veteran quarterback to come in and everybody thinks they're going to be really good and make the playoffs and just hasn't delivered. And maybe it's not that they're a quarterback away. Maybe it's a bigger problem in Atlanta. Sorry, in uh, Indianapolis. I, I, oh, sorry. No, I, I just have a quick comment. I think um, all Colts fans last night were going to sleep and, and crying and, and looking at their Andrew Luck poster and, and wondering what could have been and, and very sad because I agree, Sean, this is just a carousel of QBs and – it's not seeming to work, and I thought Matt Ryan could Matt Ryan Jonathan Taylor break out. You know, at the same time, could could have been something cool, but no. Matt Ryan, sixteen of thirty for one hundred ninety-five yards, three picks against the Ooh. Jaguars. That it's not good. It's not good. I don't think there's much more to be said than uh, I think the Colts the Colts might need to hit the panic button. I think they 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 kind of need to now. What's up with that defense? What happened with the Darius Leonard and and those guys? They got uh, they got Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore. They got yeah, the Forrest yeah. Buckner. It's good players. Naheem Hines had a tackle for him. The uh, the backup running back. Oh jeez. <laughs> I mean, but okay, let's, let's take a look. How, how many yards did they give up? They gave up 235 passing yards, 96 rushing yards. And you know what it is? Zero sacks. Yeah, so zero sacks. I mean, not like – so you, you gave up a little over 300 yards total. That's not terrible. But I, I'm imagining that these interceptions that Mr. Ryan is throwing are are providing some terrible uh, field position for the defense, you know, and great field position for the offense of the Jaguars. So, um Bad. Yeah, that's uh, bad. Bad game. I don't really recognize any of the. Um, well, so Pittman was out. Pittman on the Colts. Yeah. Right, and he's he was a breakout last last game. Um, but I don't even really recognize any of these receivers for the Colts right now. Dire straight. I think I uh, I, I auto drafted in one league, and I think this Mo Ali Cox tight end. <laughs> I think he started for me Mo this week, <laughs> which is. Embarrassing, but um, yeah, I I have no idea who any of these guys are. Like, I what's what's going on here? Oh God, Paris Campbell's on the team. I, I I couldn't name a single. I don't know any of these guys, any of these receivers. Uh, the Colts are in trouble, man. The Colts are in trouble, and it's pretty. It's a pretty easy game plan if you're going against them. You know, put five guys on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> It's disappointing. I thought they'd play better. I expected more from the Colts in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think everyone around the league did. Um, Niners, Seahawks. I don't even really want to talk about this. Um, before I turn the stage over to you guys, especially the Jimmy G fan right here to my right, um, I do want to say DK Metcalf had an insane, insane catch that was called back because of an ineligible man downfield. But if you haven't seen it, Go look it up. It's a phenomenal catch. That's all I have. 
I mean, before we start, I'm sorry, Trey Lance. I was never a big fan of you, but, you know, seeing you go down like that, season-ending injury, that, it, it sucks. But, um, Sean, you hit the nail on the head. Jimmy G will be starting yeah, the and game. I, I didn't want to probably see it like the rest this because you never want to see a player get injured. Trey Lance has a promising career, hopefully, ahead of him. I hope him the best and hope he comes back and plays well. But Jimmy G in that offense just looks so much better. There was a stat they were talking to the broadcast that they're throwing the ball like 20% more when Jimmy G's on the field compared to Trey Lance, which just leads me to believe in some aspect of who made the decision to start Trey Lance. Was it Kyle Shanahan? Or is this like an upper-level management that they drafted this rookie and they want to see him play? This seems like office politics. It, exactly. It really does. Because really I don't think yeah. – and even there was – was I heard this other thing that the players in the locker room wanted Jimmy G starting. They were upset Trayon started. They did not name him captain. They did not name him anything. They don't respect him. They respect Jimmy Garoppolo because of how much he's done for this team. And I think that the Niners are going to turn around and make the playoffs which with Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback. It does really seem like in football it's either – you you have a good relationship with, between the the players and the coach, but if you don't, it's very easy to turn against the management and the coach. Yeah, and I think a lot of the camaraderie, like you're saying, exists between the players. Like they do respect Jimmy G because of everything he's done for this franchise, and to see Jimmy G kind of get a little bit disrespected by the management, I think is a very easy. Um thing that the team can jump on to turn against the, the management and the coaching staff. I wouldn't say a little bit disrespected. The dude, against all odds, brought him to the NFC Championship game last yeah. year. And, you know, how can you sleep on that? A very weird decision for Trey Lance to be starting, I think. You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. The, Jimmy G's been a proven winner in, in San Francisco. And as much as I don't like the guy, you can't deny it. Exactly. He's going to do well this year. I'm really excited to see the Niners now in this offense. All righty. Somebody cure my fever. Give me some Monday Night Football picks. Last week, uh, what was it? We're at six and a half, seven, one of the two. It doesn't matter because the Seahawks won the game, obviously. Who doubted them? No, not me. I didn't doubt them. <laughs> um, so that puts Liam and I each at one and out. Sean at and one. Might be the only time I'm ahead of Sean this whole season. So I got to enjoy it now. Pop out the champagne. Um, tonight we have Titans. That we have two games. So actually, I don't. Uh, we'll discuss this in a second. I don't know how we're going to do this. I guess we're just going to have to do a pick two for picks. each. Two picks. Two picks. Titans and Bills minus ten. Um, minus for the Bills. 10. Wow. So, okay. Wow. Vikings at Eagles. Eagles are two and a half. And what did you say last year, Sean? That that being at home gives you three in your direction. Yeah, typically. Yeah. So if it was on a neutral site, they think the Vikings would win this game. Right. I have points. So it's basically a pick them in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, we'll start with we'll start with Liam. I'm gonna go. Um, Just do the first game first. Let's I don't think this is time. too much of a hot take. I think you know Bills high powered machine. They're I think they're gonna cover. I think they're gonna cover ten points. I think they're gonna win comfortably. Two touchdowns, maybe seventeen points, maybe three touchdowns. I'm taking the uh, the Bills to cover this one. I so last week I think the Seahawks line was seven or is it ten? It was seven. Seven. Yeah, that was yeah. a big line that did not hit. And it seems like a trap that they want us not to take the the Bills, but I just see the Bills' offense too powerful. The Titans did not play well against the Giants. I just can easily see the Bills win by a lot here. And it's crazy because the Titans were the f- number one seed in the AFC last year, and now they're 10-point dogs 
Like a lot can change in yeah. a year. I have the Bills covering. I have three words for you. Derek Henry primetime. Is primetime one word? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't remember the last time I've seen Derek Henry not perform well on, on a primetime game. So, and part of me, you know, you're right. Ten is a lot to cover. Back in my prime of uh, sports gambling, we don't we don't endorse that at all. We don't endorse that at all. Ten ten would have been way too much of a line. I can't ten for a, a line for a football game. I see this as a trap. Bills are hot. Bills are the darlings of the NFL right now. Everyone loves the Bills and Josh Allen. They want the, you know, uneducated. Not I'm not calling you guys uneducated. I'm just saying the average better to say that you know, oh, Bills like ten, like that's just a, you know, touchdown on a field goal. It's so easy. I'm gonna take the Titans here. I like that pick. Thank you. I like it, but I just think I don't know. I don't think anyone's stopping stopping the Bills, much less the Titans defense. Um, before we get into the next one, breaking news. Mike Evans has been suspended by the NFL for that dirty, dirty hit on Marshawn Lattimore after getting how many games he locked for? up? Just one. one. Okay, but uh, he deserves that. He absolutely does, and it, it, it's interesting to me that you know the NFL is punishing Tom Brady's team. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just enough of that. We'll get into Vikings Eagles. How about we little reverse? True it. You first. Ooh. Um. So at first, I didn't like the Eagles almost lost to the Lions. That's like not normally that would not be good. But then the Lions won this yeah. past week. So then it's Play like well. okay, Lions could be legit. You know, St. Brown is legit. Um, Jared Goff's not the answer, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> they're they're. It it made me take a little bit less criticism. It, it, I took some criticism away from the Eagles. The Vikings look good, man. Vikings look really good. At Eagles, you know I'm gonna I I'm gonna ride the Justin Jefferson wave, and I'm gonna take, even though AJ Brown is a beast, he's a beast. I'm gonna take both dogs tonight. I'm gonna go Vikings. Wow. Wow. Uh, um, I don't like it's not like me to take both dogs, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take them. Last week I came on the show and said the Vikings win the Super Bowl. And it's all the analysis I need. I'm riding my team. <laughs> the Vikings are all covering these. tonight. They're coming into – the Vikings are winning outright, I would say, not even covering. They're, they're winning this game in Philly. They are really good. Kirk Cousins is an underrated quarterback. I'm hype on the Kirk Cousins train this year. Dalvin Cook's going to run it. And Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, going to get open, going to make some big plays against this weak Eagle secondary. Darius Slay is about to get cooked. And I'm excited to watch Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings offense – Beat the Eagles tonight on Monday Night Football. Sean, you talk about uh, Kirk Cousins playing well. I think you forgot that it is. Oh, mo- it's a primetime game. Night. It is Monday oh, night. Shoot, I forgot about that. <laughs> Darn it! Go birds, go! I cannot stand the Vikings. Boost goal. Um, Minneapolis miracle. <laughs> Sorry, that was just so <laughs> unnecessary. Twice, <laughs> so unnecessary. Um, I think the birds—they're going to be fired up at home. Big Monday night game. You know you know it's gonna be a sellout crowd. A oh, lot yeah. of rowdy drunk fans in the stands. <laughs> what else do you expect from Philly fans? <laughs> go birds go. The Eagles will be flying today. I'm taking uh the birds to cover. Alright, I like that we're not all on the same page here. That's good. 
Um, are we yeah. ready for the new segment? New segment, Sean. Why don't you introduce our new segment? Um, I'd like to shout out um, Tom Casper for giving us the idea for our new segment. It is called "Is this their real name or is it not?" And we're, this week we're going to go around a couple NFL players and give the NFL player name, and you guys have to tell me is that his actual legal name written on his birth certificate or is it not? Uh, now, okay, I have a question. Is yeah. it like, um, let's say like the guy's name is John, but like his legal name is Jonathan? Like, are we doing that? No, 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 no. Like I'm not completely. Yeah. I'm Jonathan making sure Taylor. it's completely different. Okay. And he might go by his middle name. That's still a different name. Mm-hmm. Okay. Equanimous St. Brown. Real. Real. I'm going to go real, too. Yep. Yeah. Real name. No way that's, like, not your real name. Equanimous? All right. Jason Witten. Jason Witten. Oh, man. I, this has got to be a trick. I'm going to go real. Yeah, yeah I think it's, I I think it's, it's going to be real, us. too. Nope. His real name is Christopher Witten. Really? Why does he go by Jason? Middle name? No, no. Nope. I didn't see anything about his middle name. Screw it. I'm a Jason. Okay, cool. All right. Dak Prescott. That's not his real name. I, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, not his real yeah, name. I don't think it is. His real name is Rain Dakota Prescott. Whoa. Rain Dakota. That's mm-hmm. a sick name. Gerald McCoy. That's real name. Uh, real name. You know who that is. Is that that's shady, right? No, that's no? you're thinking no. of Sean McCoy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I know no, no, no. That's 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 not his real. I don't think that's his real name. I think it is his real name. It is his real name. Yeah. Darn. So the first one you guys disagreed on, I kind of want to keep yeah. track of points. I'm up one. No, come on. Liam's up, <laughs> Liam's up one. We can Fine. keep track of points. Okay. <laughs> um, next one. Chris Godwin. Fake name. Fake. Yep. Yeah. Rod Chris Godwin is his real name. Rod? Yeah. Interesting. Debo Samuel. Ooh. Dude, that's a tough one. I'm going to go fake with that one. I'm going to go real. It is fake. His oh. real name is Tyshawn. What? Up to. Jalen Smith. F- fake. I'll go fake again. Fake. Nope. It is real. Oh. What's his? Oh. <laughs> Jalen Smith. Julio Jones. That's fake. I'll go real. That's fake. It is fake. Yes. Quintorius Jones is his real name. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Oh, man. I'll go real. Fake. Real. Real. Yeah. Liam's back up one. Aqib Talib. Oh. That's uh, real. That is a real name. Yep. Drew Locke. Fake. Fake. Yeah. Paul Andrew Locke. Paul Andrew. Interesting. Trey Burton. Fake. Fake. Yeah. Lawrence Burton. Last one of the day. Darius Slay. Real. Real. No, it's not. It's fake. Fake. Yeah. Lock it in. I'm going to ride Liam's confidence here. I'm going to go fake. Nope. It's real. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> nice little fun segment. Break it all up. Um, other quick fun fact trivia question. Any guesses of who the Patriots head coach was the last time a Steelers Patriots game occurred that Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger did not play in? Ah, uh, couldn't tell you. He is coaching the league currently. Pete Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that he used Back to Back in 1998. And at the time, Bill Lord. Belichick was head coach of the Browns. Lord. Wow, what a time. Craziness. Quarterbacks changing over. New era we're entering into. Only Tom Brady really left. 
Alrighty, let's let's uh let's do a quick MLB playoff picture. What do you guys got today? Um, Mets big four game sweep against the Pirates. We Huge. love that. Much needed. Um, entering into a they could clinch a playoff game, clinch a playoff berth tonight for the first time in six years with a win over the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, tied in the loss category with the Braves. Two back in the their Braves are two back in the win column. They have a series against the Nationals starting tonight um, in Atlanta. Hopefully the Mets can sweep the Brewers. Nats can win a couple of those, and we can try to create a little difference here. I would love for you guys to sweep the Brewers. That would nothing would make yeah. my day more than that. I yeah. wanna I wanna just give a shout out to our um, our resident Philly fans that are listening. The um, the Phillies are such a go- garbage team. <laughs> First of all. Got swept by the Braves. Terrible. And now they need the Mets to bail them out and take some games off the Brewers. What? Come on. You couldn't help us out at all. I know that the Mets have owned the Phillies all season. You, you guys have been baby boyed almost every series, <laughs> every game. But come on. You can't help us out at all. You can't take one game off the Braves. Maybe help yourself a little bit. Now, now they need us to bail them out against the Brewers. I, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I'm liking this. Um... Padres can open up a little bit of gap against the Phillies and the Brewers with a great, nice series right now. Three to one series win versus the Diamondbacks. Who are you guys playing this week? Cardinals. Ooh. Cardinals. That, that's uh, a must win. For yeah, tough series, but you guys got to win the series. We're playing the Brewers. Do you think the uh, the um, Pujols seven hundred could happen during the series? It could. It's six fifty eight, yeah. six ninety eight. Yeah, he's at two away. Yeah, two away. Oh god, that'd be cool. It would be cool. Um, there's a playoff scenario that keeps playing in my head. I mean, hopefully it doesn't. Head. I just want to say hopefully it doesn't. <laughs> but that'd be cool. The playoff scenario I keep playing in my head that I'm just really getting excited for for absolutely no reason is the Phillies ending as the last wild card spot, playing and the Mets winning the division. Playing the Braves. And that no no they're playing the Cards. They play the Cardinals, and that we could they beat the Cards. We we're playing the we Phillies play in the, the Phillies. in our first round game, and we could go to a Phillies game here. That'd be really exciting. Phillies Mets, but and we absolutely own the Phillies, so it'd be an easy yeah. sweep. <laughs> but I'm excited for these next couple weeks. Um, who are the Phillies playing this week? Uh, yesterday, too. Got to give a shout-out to the Mets pitching staff. Tied an MLB record for strikeouts in a game with 20. Crazy. DeGrom, yeah. again, made one mistake yesterday against O'Neill Cruz. But he just looked incredible. And I don't know who's going to stop this team come playoff time. Their pitching is otherworldly Phillies got to take care of business now yeah Phillies have two games against Toronto this week and then they have another four game weekend series against the Braves and please Phillies get two win two win one or two one or two one or two you get something off them take a game yeah um yeah true I think you guys are probably locked in as a six seed in the six spot because hopefully man hopefully Phillies have a rough stretch down the stretch to get the Braves four times you guys got to work against the Brewers. They finished they finished the year against the Astros with yeah. three game series. Um, I don't see the Phillies getting out of the seventh seed. I just I don't understand it. The Braves just don't lose. They don't. It's okay though. Mets win more. Yeah, um, looking good. The Yankees, I think, are holding on their division lead. Doesn't look like they're going to do it. I, I think we have to talk about it, Liam. Aaron Judge. His 58th and 59th home run, and he is now .001 behind the batting title 
Clearly. he's on triple crown watch because he's got the lead in RBIs. He's, RBIs, he's got the right? home runs, and he's .01 behind okay. in batting average. So he wins triple crown and breaks Maris's record. MVP's his. No question. There's a lot of debate about Shohei Otani versus Aaron Judge. I just think See, Shohei said he's he thinks he's having a more balanced year than he did last year. Yeah. Well, he, Sho- well he, Shohei's he like pitching a, has been. Did he pitch like an eight inning game the other day? His pitching has been incredible. He's been like borderline unhittable. He's throwing 101 mile an hour sinkers now. Yeah. So who who in your mind? I think just based off of baseball being such a historic story game, if Judge wins a triple crown and breaks Maris's record. Shohei won it last year. I think you got to give it to Judge. I'm going to compare it a little bit to LeBron in basketball with the fact that Shohei is like LeBron in an aspect because you get a little voter fatigue at this point because they just constantly are like – they do things that nobody else can do in the sports mm-hmm. that just seem so outrageous and you think they should win it every year. But, like, you got to spread it around. I think Judge is having the better season when you look at it like that. And he's more impactful to his team. Oh, yeah. Like, baseball's the one sport for some reason that that record does not matter whatsoever in MVP running forever. Like, it's just – not played a factor. It's all about the statistics. But I think in this aspect, you have to give it to Judge. Without Judge, the Yankees would be nowhere because that offense is horrendous. Yeah. Um, I I think Shohei is doing something we've we haven't seen in a hundred years. He could win, probably should win MVP every single year. Exactly. But what Judge has done this season and just going off of Yankee historic records. And he's on Triple Crown Watch. I don't think there's any reason not to give it to him, especially because he got robbed that one year with Altuve, too. Yeah. For, for It's due. For both of you guys. I guess it's more for Liam, but true, you can chime in as well. Aaron Judge of 59, what do you consider the home run record? Is it the 61 with Roger Maris, or do the steroid like, – because, like, steroid guys, McGuire and Sosa and Bonds got to 70 and 73 and so these huge records, but they were all on steroids and all on juice and all cheating. Is Roger Maris the legitimate home run record sixty one? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, no. I, I don't know enough. No. Everybody this. played, uh, everybody out of that time period was on steroids, even the playing field. Steroids don't so help if you judge, hit baseball. If Judge gets sixty two, it's not a big deal. It, no, it's a huge deal. He broke the Yankees record. He broke the AL record too. I think the, the AL record. There you go. I think that's a huge deal. If he breaks, if he gets a sixty two, I think the MVP's his. But do, do you think people in their mind think of him as the true home run leader? Like I feel like it's not. I feel like for some reason it's not getting no. enough national attention. That he's on this ridiculous tear. And I, I hate the Yankees. I don't want to judge, but like he's playing really well. No, in the, in the record books, I think Bonds will always have that record. And um, that season, even though we weren't we weren't alive for it, but with the home the home run chase of guys getting to seventy, and that was just the most magical time of baseball. Yeah, seventy and sixty-six is yeah. insane. What they what these guys put yeah. up back in the day. Um, little t- little tarnished by all this stuff going on. Him getting to sixty-two, that that is so unbelievable in its own right. He's one behind Babe Ruth right now, which is Crazy. in my mind's always like the Crazy. big the big number. And as much as you hate the Yankees, they've been a storied franchise, one of the most popular franchises in global sport history. Yeah, for him to break this record. Um, do you, I don't even remember this. Apparently, really. John Carlo hit 59 in 2017. I don't even remember that like really? being a storyline. Yeah. Wow. I guess it's just it's also the Yankees who play yeah. for the Marlins, but I kind of hope Judge breaks it. I in my mind at least a little bit. He's the little bit of a home run king if he gets to 62. Mm-hmm. But I want him to break it. I think he deserves a great guy, great player, and he can be the uh, starting center fielder for the Mets next year. Yeah. 
That's very true. Very excited about that. Him and Shoei. Are we going to next show do a like an award prediction for the MLB? Um, when, mean, when are the awards given out? We could, but I, I think it's... Is it pretty much settled? Yeah, the other ones? it's going to be probably Judge and Goldschmidt are going to win MVP. I don't think there's any... What about like there. like the, the Cy Young? Cy Young for the AL is pretty up in the air. I know in the NL, um, Sandy Alcantara is kind of was kind of the runaway favorite. Um, Let's see. What are the odds right now for the Cy Young Award winner? I don't know who is in the um, the AL. I think there's a, there's a lot of guys. Dylan AL C's, favorite right now is Verlander. Verlander's at minus three ten. Best yeah, Verlander been fair. out for a while. Verlander's been going crazy. Yeah, Dylan Cease. Shane McClanahan, I love that name. Framber Valdez, he's he's been unbelievable too. Shoei Sham Beaver. Um, I think it's between Verlander and Cease. I think Verlander's got it locked up. He's the Mets won the uh, in the NL Alcantara. Yeah, crazy was doing with the Marlins. I think it's Alcantara. Uris, yeah. Zach Galen, Max Fred, um, Tony Gonzalez, but like it's there's nobody else close. Yeah. It's Alcantara. I don't know. I love Diaz, is, Diaz is getting some votes for it. Diaz can get a couple votes. You know who's winning uh, manager of the year, though, the NL? It better be Buck. Oh, yeah. It better be Buck. It's going to be What well, he's done with his Mets seems ridiculous. Yeah. Turning his entire culture around. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I guess switching topics real quick because I feel like we're done with MLB. Truett, I have a quick basketball question. I'm not True. really going to comment on this one, but I just want I want an honest opinion. The Pat Bev trade. No. How are you, how are you feeling about Bev and Russ playing together? Like obviously they've showed some, they've showed like in all the interviews they've done together, they seem like they've been bonding together. Like, do you think this is a sustainable format for the Lakers this year? And like, can they play well together? Because they do kind of complement each other. Because like Pat Bev's more of the offensive guy, and sorry, Russ West's more of the offensive <laughs> guy. Pat Bev's more of the defensive guy. So maybe you look little, little bit there. Yeah, I mean. I was so shocked they did this trade because for as long as I've been a basketball fan, Westbrook and, and Beverly have hated each other <laughs> so much. And so, you know, when Beverly got traded for um, good trade on paper, I just want to say that. I think Taylor <laughs> Horn Tucker is a bum. I like Stanley Johnson, but I don't. Weren't they holding out on trading Taylor and Ducker like last yeah, year? Yes, like they would they, not include him in a trade for Kyle Lowry, so but that's not Yeah, not so high. Um, I was I was shocked, but very pleasantly surprised that they were like dapping each other up and like I, you know like buddy buddy during the workouts and everything. So that's like cool. I mean, good for them because let's be honest, Russ is a very stubborn guy. Beverly's a very stubborn guy. I didn't think that they'd be able to, you know get rid of their grudges for each other but these also are 30 plus year old men at the end of the day you know like they're they you have to have some <laughs> inherent level of maturity there to, if, at that age so um hats off to both of them for putting aside their differences and um you know realizing that there's a greater goal out here um so after i saw that i didn't think russ was gonna get traded and then they signed dennis schroeder um, shout out Rob Palenka for avoiding paying him $84 million and just signing him for a one-year $3 million, $2 million, <laughs> whatever it is. Shout out. Um, but now you have three point guards. And if I was the coach, I would have it be Russ the one, Bev the two, Schroeder as your sixth man. I think that would make the most sense. Isn't Austin Reeves also a point uh, guard? Yeah, he, he could probably be the backup too. All right. But, you know, a lot of 
reports are saying that Russ is coming off the bench, and I I loved and I hate Patrick Beverly, but I love how he stood up for his new new how he stood up for his new guy in the comment section of a Bleacher Report post and said like y'all are reaching for this like this is like crazy like about Russ getting benched, which yeah I think that's awesome, um, but I think it would be as an, if I wasn't a Russ fan I think it would be hilarious that. What, it's 2022? Three years ago, <laughs> Schroeder was backing up Russ in Oklahoma City, and then it would be the complete ops three years later. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Russ is the type of player that, at this point in his career, I'm not talking about in the past or in the future, at this point, I don't think it would be productive for him to come off the bench really? for, for a team aspect because I just I think psychologically – I don't know if he'd be able to buy. I'm I'm seeing a mellow and OKC type thing where he can't really psychologically get past that. Now, by all means, if you want Russ to play the the least amount of minutes at, out of the starters and still have, if Schroeder's going to be the sixth man, still have him play more minutes than Russ, that's fine. But for the principle of it, for the pride of it, just have Russ start the game and then you know have him be the first to leave the court. Schroeder comes in. When all the other stars leave, bring Russ back in. It's essentially like he's the sixth man, but I don't know. These are NBA veterans. Like Pride is a big deal to him. Uh, yeah, that's that's my two cents on it. I think that it fulfills a great need that the Lakers have. Because now they have Russ, who if they need playmaking, they go to him. If you need defense, Pat Bev. You need the scoring, you go to Schroeder. Scoring, you go to Schroeder. I think oh, yeah, I think the, the signings pickup. on paper were great. Great pickup for the Lakers because looking at their roster they don't have a good team at all they need a couple shooters out there they don't have it (laughs) outside of their starting lineup they don't really have anyone Um, and and with the starting lineup I would say true it would be Russ Bev LeBron AD Thomas Bryant Thomas Bryant it's not it's not a bad, bad starting lineup on paper. Man, it, it falls off after there. You got Lonnie Walker, Damian Jones off the bench. Schroeder. Schroeder. Schroeder, Kendrick Nunn, Troy yeah. Brown, Reeves, Gabriel. Ew. It's gonna they're in for a uh, they need backup big yeah, man. Yeah, they they need like a seventh man big. Yeah, who's their backup big right now? Troy Brown. No, he's a wing. Damian Jones is their backup yeah. center. Yeah, that they're uh they're gonna have some issues. They need JaVale McGee back. And LeBron and LeBron and AD just, I feel like at this point in their careers. They have to stay healthy. They have to they stay, have healthy, to stay and healthy. You can't be pushing them to play these huge minutes in the regular season. Like they, need, they need the rest. AD needs to step the hockey stick up because, this is, I mean, this is like, this is supposed to be his team. His like team. LeBron is supposed to be easing into retirement, and you're asking this man to score 30 points a game. You can't do that. You need to, to grow a pair of kahunas. Take the torch. This is my team. I'm, well, he's like around 30, approaching 30 maybe. In my prime, you know, become the player that you were your first year in L.A. Go back to being that. Be the guy. Could you imagine if LeBron James is the number two on this team? It's got to be the best number two in the league. Let Anthony Davis, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't I mean, he's got to do something because, How old you know, is he at this point? Is we he compa- like 30? We compare... How Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, you know, they both fall on the ground. We're scared to see him fall, whatever. 29. It's very different watching Joel Embiid play with intensity while watching Anthony Davis just not. 
He, he doesn't try anymore. Offensive end, defensive end, he's not the same guy he used to be, and he needs to step it up. I think it's all an effort thing, to be honest. There were a lot of times last season where he'd be posting up guys. He's got six inches on him, and he, he can't he can't do anything in the paint. Just gets torched on defense. Anthony Davis, He's you have had up. a long off season to get your body right. <laughs> a long off season. Yeah. You know what? And I mean, there's no other. There's there's no excuses. Nobody. I don't think Sean might disagree with this, but I don't think we're in a position to to like say that LeBron is making bad excuses. Like, LeBron's going to be LeBron. Russ didn't make excuses. He played 81 games. Played 81 games no, for I, someone that's been... They cannot make any excuses. I, I won't say anything about that. Yeah. Anthony Davis, you have you cannot afford to make excuses. You have had a long offseason. Get your body right. You're 29 years old. Okay, There is a 37-year-old who is out here giving more effort and, and contributing more to winning uh, uh, for this team than you are. There's a 33-year-old point guard who's a 79 overall in 2K who is giving more effort and contributing more to this team than you are, okay? I don't want to hear it. God. No, I agree. This team is the, so frustrating. The expectation should not fall on Russ. Shouldn't really be on LeBron. The dude's in his 20th year. Anthony Davis needs to pick no, it no, up. No, no, the expectation should be on an AD. It, he needs to pick it up. He does. Good, good NBA. <sighs> End it off. I can't wait for the season to start. So much. I can't. I can't wait for the season to start. It'll be fun though. Although I have no Chet to root for. So. Hey. Lakers once again for the second straight year. You are the team I can root for. Imagine, imagine the Thunder can get Wembenyama. Yeah, tank for Victor. I gotta start watching. I gotta start watching Victor highlights. Shea, Giddy, Dort, Chet, Wembenyama. Yeah. You know who I also really like from that class is a uh, Scoot Anderson. It's supposed to be pretty I don't good. Know who that is. I don't really know any guys in the upcoming class. I have not. I think those are the two like big dogs. But um, all right. I think that concludes our show for this week. Eighty-nine point one WXVU, Villanova. As always, the roar. Um, don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We're gonna record this whole thing and put it on there. Um, Twitter. Drop whatever you're doing right now. I don't. I mean, unless you're driving, please, please don't stop driving to do this. But go on your phone and follow us on Twitter. Um, f- subscribe to the YouTube. Make sure to set your alarm, 11.30 a.m. We don't start on the dot, but we, we try. We Darn it, we try, we try to, okay? 11.30 a.m. Mondays. We're going to be here every Monday. Be sure to check us out. Week three, we're going to have a great slate of games we're going to talk about. MLB, you know, you're, you're going to want to be here when, when the postseason starts. And then when the NBA starts, come on. I mean, skip class if you have to. <laughs> As always, WXVU 89.1 FM. You're listening to Fun in the Locker Room. Have a great rest of your Monday.